0: you're listening to the bridal business bootcamp podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Evans. We offer authentic interviews from leaders in our industry to help you scale your business from advertising and marketing to business branding, and even self-care. We talk about it all on this podcast. Our goal is to help you grow and find success within the wedding industry. So wherever you're listening today, thank you for being here. And I hope you truly enjoy today's conversation. Today, on the Bridal Business Bootcamp podcast, I talk with Heather Hosich of LVL Weddings and the Planner Life Academy. And we chat about educating couples on wedding costs. We talk about how to educate your client, why you should be educating your client on particular wedding costs, and actually what other vendors are charging. Pretty often, I know the conversation of pricing can be kind of hush hush in our industry. But in my business, I found that the more open and honest I've been with my cost, the more my ideal client finds me. So I hope this helps you as well. Enjoy. Ten hut. The Bridal Business Bootcamp is officially working your business into shape. This is your official invitation to join our squad of wedding vendors to help each other gain community and grow their businesses. Not only do we offer exclusive wedding business education, one-on-one coaching, live events, but much, much more. If you're ready to take your business to a new level, then you must enlist for our squad. Visit our website, bridalbusinessbootcamp.com. Heather, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So you have a new little kitten in the background. I have construction. So they're working on our street that decided to explode the other day. So we definitely have some fun backgrounds. But I guess it's the fun part of working from home, which is this whole new kind of experience with the COVID experience. So how's it going for you?
1: Doing okay. We moved just right before all this started, which was kind of nice. It gave me time to like hone in on our home and make sure everything's where I wanted it to be. But last week, we adopted an eight-week-old kitten. So hopefully, he's not screaming too much in the background.
0: (laughs) That's really sweet. So tell everyone who you are and how you got involved in the industry and with LVL.
1: Sure. So I'm Heather, and I'm one half of LVL Weddings and Events. My business partner, Lindsay, she started it little over 10 years ago. And I actually got my start in weddings in a bridal salon. So at 17, I was hanging up dresses and helping brides try on dresses and find that the one. (laughs) That was my first introduction to weddings. And then I went to college and got a job in catering. And funny enough, they primarily did weddings. So I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend doing anywhere from two to five weddings. And I worked there for five years, got a ton of experience, learned a lot about service and process and timing. And then when I started my own company, super briefly, I was introduced to Lindsay and then we've been together ever since.
0: That's awesome. So I was just looking up. So Lindsay and I did an interview several months ago and it's episode 14 and our conversation was awesome. I just remember loving, I love the whole kind of thought pattern of LVL. I think it's a really smart direction and I know you guys have been really successful and we'll talk about that. But yeah, so episode 14, if you haven't listened to it, go, it's Lindsay Longacre with LVL. And I was trying to see what our topic was the industry constantly evolving. So yeah, it was it was a great topic. So what was it about weddings that kind of spoke to you?
1: So I grew up in a family where things were a little bit complicated and I always was just really good at reading people and I loved family and celebration and I have a huge extended family and we make a big deal out of every holiday. And that was always such an amazing time in my life. Like Missing Easter this year has been so sad. I think there's something about life being challenging and difficult. And then there's this joy that you get to celebrate really, really special occasions. So when I was introduced to weddings and I saw the amazing transformation that everyone is just in the moment for that day celebrating this love, this marriage, this relationship and their families. I think that's such an incredible thing. And it sounds so cheesy because (laughs) I just kind of love love. And it hit me pretty young. I started in weddings at 19. And I think it's one of those things that it's extra, right? Like we don't need weddings. But I used to think that prior to the last few weeks. And now that we're dealing with all this COVID-19 stuff and we're home and we don't get to see each other and celebrate, I think weddings are really important and more so than ever
0: yeah I totally agree recently I was probably hormonal I'll be honest but I was I, I woke up and I totally was sad it was like a Saturday and I totally started crying going like I miss weddings and then I stopped myself and I was like do I really? And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Cause I was 18 as well. And occasionally I'll branch out and do mitzvahs or, but I always look forward to coming back to where my roots are with weddings. And I agree with you. It's such a happy time. I mean, there's, you always have weird stories and I want to do a podcast here soon, something anonymous maybe, but when it comes down to it, you're sticking to your ideal client and you really love who you're working with. It's a lot of fun. And it's definitely been, an interesting experience with COVID because you're kind of going through almost a loss, almost a grieving stage for your business, for your couples, and then trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future. So it's definitely a lot of unknown we have out there right now. But what I want to do with this podcast is encourage everyone to kind of be ready because I feel like there's going to be, if you look at the numbers when it comes to China, there's statistically. The weddings and events have never been higher or more successful than right now. So that's something that we have to prepare for. There's gonna be this industry boom. And yeah, so let's kind of dive into our topic. And so our topic is educating couples on wedding costs. And I just want to do a little parlay to that. So one of the most important things that we talk about with the bridal business boot camp is what's the first thing that a bride tends to ask you when she gets on the phone with you? And I'll just say the answer is, how much do you cost? What's your package price? And I like that because typically it means that the bride just doesn't know. She doesn't know the question to ask. She doesn't know anything except for what's your price. So let's kind of go into that. How do you educate couples or how do you recommend vendors educating their couples when they're talking about wedding costs? Sure, so I think the biggest thing
1: that we wanna step into is the idea of money. So Kind of in society, we don't talk about money. It's something that's like an elephant in the room. But obviously, the first thing that we do need to discuss, like you mentioned, is that how much do things cost? Can I afford you? Can I afford my wedding? Can I afford what I want? And so we have an education program called Planner Life Academy. And there, I always tell planners and vendors, 60% of your job is education because we almost always have new consumers. Our couples haven't been married before. They haven't hired vendors in this way. It hasn't been their turn to get married. So step one is just kind of pausing and identifying that these people are new to this, right? So you have to come in with grace and generosity and education. So when I'm on a call with a potential client, oftentimes it's the bride and groom or mom and bride. Typically, that seems to be who I attract. And when we're talking about who they are and their story, I try to really get to know them first. And then once we start talking about money...
0: Wait, stop right there for a second before you dive in. That is so important. And it's something that oftentimes people don't do. And so I just kind of want to, I guess, press pause and just have you re-say that. Because so when you get to know them, do you ask particular questions? Is there... And I'm just saying it because I know people don't do that. They just dive right into who they are and kind of selling themselves. And there's a way to really slow down the process and really get to know who you're talking to. So keep going. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I completely
1: agree. There's something about when you try to sell, if you try to sell to someone you don't know, it's never going to go nearly as well as taking the time to get to know your client. So I have a form that I use. It's an initial call form. And it's just been evolving over the years of questions that I find really useful in the sales process. And it's anything from like names, what do you do for work? What's your schedule like? Where are you from? Where did you go to school? Just personal questions. How did you meet? Where did you get engaged? Tell me about your venue search, things like that to really set the tone that I want to know who they are. I'm not just here to kind of shove services and pricing down their throat. To me, this is so much about relationships. And if you don't get to know each other, then it's truly just about the services. And for us, that's not necessarily the right answer, right? I think for wedding professionals, we want to make sure it's the best fit, not only for style, personality, and then budget. And I think that budget one needs to be last so when we're on the phone, I definitely get to know them first and then I tell them about what I do. So if you talk money before you talk about the value in the service, then I think it becomes a little bit of sticker shock. But once you paint the picture of who you are, the experience you have and how you do it and what you do, then you can talk pricing. So I often, because of the way that couples come to us, which is about 50% venue, 50% without venue, so the venue often pre-qualifies their spend, right? So say they're at a five-star property, I know they're already spending quite a bit of money. Now, when they're at a private estate that they're trying to ask about barbecue pricing or can they pick stuff up, that's giving you a clue that maybe the budget is a little bit tighter. So. What I do ask is, do you have a total spend that you're trying to work with I try to avoid the word budget because I think it undervalues all the services and choices and emotion in it. So spend tends to sound a little more comfortable for people. Once you have that dollar amount, then I work backwards. Can I do this? Is it aligned with my client, the portfolio I have? And then it kind of goes from
0: there. Do you run into when that cost conversation comes into place, let's say budget, do you tend to see that the couples don't really know? I
1: would say 80% have a number in mind. Either parents are contributing or her parents, his parents, and then they're all adding some in. There's usually a number they're comfortable with. For the maybe 20% that doesn't have a number, I'll start throwing out numbers <laughs> and just say, like, hey, so is like 200,000, is that something that's comfortable for you? And they're like, oh no, my budget's 65. But I'm like, see, you had a number. Everybody has a range or an idea that they probably don't want to exceed. So I think if they don't have a number in mind, ask them, is there a number you would not be comfortable exceeding? Because then that gives you a guideline. Now, this is kind of more specific for planners. I think for other vendors, you want to make sure that you're just asking specifically to your category. Like, did you have a spend in mind for DJ? Did you have a spend in mind for band? Things like that. For planners, we can be flat rate or percentage. And I think what can be really tricky is if you get someone that is their overall budget is a little bit lower than you're used to working with, being really cautious in how you navigate the next little bit of that conversation, right? Because maybe it is a hard number and maybe it isn't. So asking more questions about does that include your wedding dress and travel? Does that include your honeymoon? Like really kind of diving deeper into what they think their budget includes because. For every single person, it's a little bit different. Some people are like, oh no, actually my parents are doing the venue and this is just for like the rest of it. Or, oh, this is what I had in mind for planning. Or this is what I had in mind just for decor. So just diving deeper into like what that means to them and then starting to educate on why that's either a great budget or maybe they might want to revisit some of their decisions. So I think... National averages are like scary numbers. (laughs) Oftentimes, because these couples are new to this, they're reading all of this misinformation. And national averages are helpful and hurtful because their wedding likely isn't average. If they're in a state where those numbers are typically higher, if they have a high guest count, if they want a lot of customization and nice things, then typically their spin's gonna be a little bit higher. So I recommend coming to the table with market value numbers. So making sure you really know like, hey, you can absolutely get a planner from anything from coordinator from $500 to a luxury planner at $50,000. And so really knowing your ranges in your market is super important. The only time I recommend averages are the venue and percentages. So percentages are great when you're saying, well, a healthy wedding budget includes 50 to 60% for your venue, food, catering service. And then when you're looking at a planner, they're typically anywhere from 10 to 20% of your budget. So percentages I think are safe there. But overall, for all the other items, there are so many variables. I don't think percentages set you up for success.
0: I totally agree with you. I recently, so when you run into a situation where someone might be on the lower end side of things, let's say, for example, they end up booking you because you guys have built a rapport, but really understanding where their budget is, is gonna determine how much work you might have, specifically on the planner or venue side of things. Um, For example, if you have someone who's paying your price, but then they don't really have a ton of ton of money for the caterer or the florist, they have to have family that help design items and that type of thing, or, or your team has to do it. Really understanding what you're getting into is so, so important. I recently had, due to the COVID situation, someone had posted about how they needed a coordinator. They had one and they could no longer do the event. And so in talking to them, getting to know them, it was a 500 person event in downtown Los Angeles. And so that was like, okay, that's gonna be a pretty large event. And I said, this is a question I don't tend to ask right now, but I just wanna be comfortable with the fact that how much was your coordinator charging and what was her package? She responded back with a package and it started at $700. But I felt good about the fact that we were having the conversation early enough. And it was, there was an understanding there of what her expectations of costs were. So then I could really educate her on, that was a very, unique price. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so keep going. Sure. So I think the next phase of that
1: is, as you're educating and talking through ranges, explaining the why behind costs. So when I talk to couples about, well, when you're looking for a planner, the planning ranges are typically 3500 to 50000 And then the coordination ranges are typically you can get one as low as 500 and as high as 3500 And a lot of that has to do with their experience, how they run their business, their cost, their support team, and so many factors. So there are a lot of options and I'll guide you through every step of the way of how you make decisions and how you hire. But to touch on when you're talking about couples that have maybe a lower budget than what we're used to, I typically will guide them to another planner in the sales process. So I do have a minimum spend per person now. I've been doing weddings for 15 years and I really specialize in full service wedding weekends at this point. And I know what my portfolio cost is per person. And that's something that I really encourage planners to have in their back pocket. Take the end wedding spend, divide it by the number of guests for about five to 10 of your weddings, and then you'll know what is your portfolio per person cost so that when someone's looking at your Instagram and your website, they know what it is that they could expect to spend to have a wedding that looks like that. So when I talk to couples that are spending a little bit less than that, I ask a bit more of like, how flexible is that? What's included? And then if it comes down to that they're really not going to spend as much as my portfolio usually does, then I want to make sure they understand their other options because I'm never going to sell something that maybe isn't the right fit for them. I find that those tighter budgets can be really tricky to plan because often they want a higher value or a better service than they can afford. So Working with a planner that's maybe a little bit of a lower cost and used to working with vendors that are a little bit lower than what I am might be the best fit for them. And that's not to say they're going to have a worse wedding by any means. It just means they're going to spend their money differently.
0: Totally. And that's what I was saying too, was it's definitely understanding, even if they're paying you a certain price, understanding that you can actually answer the call where it's needed. That's such a great point and definitely valid. And something I like to encourage wedding vendors too, is to really understand the cost of all aspects of the industry, particular planners or forest or hair and makeup and understanding what they charge makes your life so much easier easier when that conversation comes into play because you're totally right. In the beginning, you said we have a really hard time with talking about pricing and our costs. Isn't it silly? Like as a society, we don't talk about money nearly as much as we should. Right. And that's actually, I do about a yearly thing and I have about 10 planners that I'm really close with and I'll just do a quick text message to them. Like, hey, are you raising your prices? Like what's your thought pattern? It's not to be on the competitive side of things, it's just to understand kind of where we all are. So then when I am recommending someone, who to send who to who. I believe it was North Ranch Country Club was doing a Networking meeting, and I might be totally wrong. And if you're listening to this, you're like, she's wrong. They were doing a networking meeting, and the whole thought pattern that they wanted to do was get people up there to talk about what their price is and basically to educate each other on, okay, so I'm a DJ and I typically charge this, this, and this. So then people walk away going, oh, that's how much it costs. And it was such a hard thing for them to put together. People really didn't want to be upfront about what they're charging. And for me, I was like, sure, I'll definitely get out there and be like, okay, this is my range for this, this, and this. And just because it makes us all more educated. If there's coordinators who might be more inexpensive than me, then cool. Like that's okay. But just know that you can, with more education or more experience, get to this price. So it's an interesting thing. And there's a little bit of a, I guess, stigma towards talking about your pricing.
1: And I think that needs to change. We're really big on community over competition and just being really open and honest. And first of all, if you're not comfortable talking money with your clients, you're never going to be as successful in sales. And then secondly, if you're not open and honest with yourself, your team, and other vendors in your market, then you're probably being referred the wrong clients. So if we're all talking a little more openly, I think it's going to help everyone. It's interesting that that is something difficult to put together because if we all have this abundance mindset that there are plenty of weddings, which there are, and we know from the past that weddings are recession proof and it's all going to be okay. The second we can have weddings again, we're going to be busier than ever. If everyone remembers that and lives that on a daily basis, then it's not scary to talk about What you do behind the scenes, because you know that the more you do that, the more you're going to get the right client. And actually, the more you do that, the less you're going to have just price shoppers, because that's kind of a waste of everyone's time. So it's funny to me that the initial gut reaction for so many wedding professionals is to not speak about pricing.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you handle it when someone when you start talking about costs? How do you handle it when someone says you particularly your packages are too much? Do you ever discount? Do you ever or do you refer them out? Sure. So I'll answer
1: this like a few different stages of our business. So I'm 15 years in now and I don't discount any longer. <laughs> but when we started, our pricing was really low. I would do coordination for just a little over $1,000. And my pricing now, my minimum is 15000 So I would say, just know if you're listening to this and you're in the early stages of your business, like you will eventually get to a place where your pricing is much higher I think there's a phase in your business when you're getting started where you just kind of hustle and take as much as you can. And then as you develop your ideal client and your better portfolio and confidence in selling and who you are, you tend to raise your pricing because oftentimes your overhead changes as well. So for me, I've done this so long that I feel really confident and comfortable telling my couples that I'm talking with that hey, I have amazing amount of experience most planners in my similar range have less years, less number of weddings. I've done over 900 weddings. There's a huge value to that. And then I also am really confident in what I bring to the table and how I do it. So when someone comes to me and says, I'm so sorry, that's just not like that is too much money. And I just let them know that that's okay. That's totally okay. Again, you can get someone to help you from 500 to 50,000. And I sit very much in the middle of that. But here, let me give you three other planners that I think might be a good fit. So no matter the vendor category you are, I think that it's crucial to have a referral network that you can really make sure that you're passing couples on to excellent opportunities for other people. And maybe have some that are like maybe your same level of pricing and expertise, and then maybe have some that are a little bit lower, that are a little bit newer, a little less experienced or charging differently so that you can still say no, but graciously and provide other options.
0: Yeah, totally. I just lost my train of thought, but (laughs) I think that's a really good point. Let's dive into LVL and kind of what that experience is like for the people that attend. Who attends? Let's start with that.
1: Oh, sure. So we actually just changed the name. So our wedding company is LVL Weddings and our education program is Planner Life Academy. And it used to be LVL Academy. And over the years, we've just realized that this is so much bigger than education. And it's really about the planners and the community that we've built. So we decided to change the name to reflect that. But it's typically planners that are coming in anything from never even stepped foot on a wedding till about five years in. And the reason being is there's just not a great starting point for planners, right? Like when you get started, you kind of either have to learn under someone else, or you just kind of wing it until you figure it out. And To be honest, I think that's a little bit scary. You're winging it on someone's very special day that you get one shot to make it perfect. So we wanted to create an education program and a community that allowed planners to get the tools, the resources, and the support that they need to do a really good job from day one. So it's anything from our e-course which you can do from the comfort of your own home and your quarantine pj's and then we have 3-day in-person workshops that we'll be bringing back in 2021
0: That's awesome. And so when people get i guess certified to be a wedding planner, the certifications that are out there are pretty I guess lacking in education and really what you run into and with the Planner Life Academy. I personally have not attended and I really want to, but every time it's popped up, I've had an event that week that's been insane. Our podcast manager, Samantha, she's attended a few times and she talks about how you really, I mean, you are the epitome of community over competition because you really share such valuable insight into what's to expect on the daily basis when it comes to weddings. I feel like with certifications, they say, okay, this is what you do for, here's a form, and this is what you do for this, this, and this. But with Planner Life Academy, you're actually diving into, okay, what happens if this situation comes in, even down to how to put on a boutonniere. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I
1: love hearing good feedback. For us, we really spend the time to open up and share all the things that we've done right and all the things we've done wrong. And we've been in business so many years that there's been a lot we've done wrong. And we're really open about that. And I think that allows new planners to not be so intimidated and understand that you're going to succeed and you're going to fail. And that's okay. None of us are doing this perfectly. But here are a lot of ways that you can set yourself up for success. And I'm really big on templates and tools and ways of doing processes better. But I also always tell everyone that comes through Academy, it's really important to me that you take this and make it your own. I'm not telling you there's a black and white way to do things. I'm telling you what's successful for us. And I want you to put your personality, your brand, and your experience on it.
0: And I just, so earlier when I said I lost my train of thought, I remembered what I was going to say and I'm still going to say it. (laughs) Episode six, I talk with my dad, who's the creator of Bridal Business Bootcamp and we dive into fabbing, F-A-B. And it's features, advantage and benefit. And we dive into really how to describe your service and then build your sales around how you're describing what you do. So I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but if you want even more of a dive conversation into the sales process, kind of what we were talking about as far as building value for what you do. So then they understand where your costs come from. That's a good podcast to listen to. And then back to Academy, I totally agree with you. I think it's the more education, the more organization, pretty much that anyone can learn. It just makes you better. And Even this past year, I've made mistakes or missed things that I know I should have missed. And so I usually write them down when that happens after the fact. And it's really interesting to me because once you make that mistake, it's almost... It's so rare that I make it twice and because now I'm like, oh, focus, focus, focus on that. And it's interesting. I write it down particularly because I share it with my assistants pretty often. I'll say, okay, this is something that I ran into this last week and I just want you to be aware of it. So then it just makes them better because of it and they don't have to make that mistake, hopefully. (laughs) But yeah, so. I love the FAB mindset
1: and I think what's interesting is you have to have a process in order to explain how you do what you do. And then that impacts how you sell. So if you're just kind of like winging it, it's a lot more challenging to explain how you do it and what you do. So the best part about being process driven is it makes it easier to be a great salesperson.
0: And when it comes down to it, we're all salespeople. I know a lot of us in the creative industry have a hard time kind of owning that But we are. We're selling ourselves. We're selling our businesses. And if you are the owner of your business, you've got to be the best salesperson possible. There's ways. We've got to embrace that and really do that through education, that it's okay that you... Because you're bringing a great service to really good people and there's nothing to be ashamed of in the sales process. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So how often do you have your academies actually in person?
1: So we usually only do one per year. And we try to keep it at a pretty small group, usually 30 to 40 max. We had planned to do it in Northern California this fall. But with everything going on and understanding how planners have been impacted, we've decided to do something virtual. So we'll be providing more info on that soon. But The next in-person will be next year. And then we have sales templates, design templates. We have a bunch of tools for planners who maybe feel like they're not sure if the workshop's right for them. Maybe they have a decent amount of experience, but they just want more help with process. And then, as I mentioned, we have the e-course, which is a great option for those who don't want to come to California for the workshop. And then we also are launching a podcast here shortly. So I can't wait to have you on that. (laughs) And then we also do virtual planner life meetups, which are just free education and conversation. The past few have obviously been on COVID because that's just very pressing to right now. But I look forward to getting back to the day-to-day conversations of just helping planners with their current issues and processes and I just love the opportunity to talk with planners all over the world. I think it's such a weird, amazing job that we have. And (laughs) being in a community of like-minded, abundance mindset, community over competition, amazing people has really just blown us away at what a cool opportunity this has been.
0: Totally. I say this often, but when I first got into the industry, it was not community over competition. It was very competition on competition. And for me, it was a very different experience and it's changed over the years. And now it's such a happy environment. And it's when you run into trials and tribulations, I had a networking, I went into it Upset about I can't even remember at this point, and there was like four planners sitting on a couch, and so I sat with them and kind of shared what I was going through, and I left there feeling so uplifted. And it's just such a different industry. I don't know how often people in other industries really lift each other up that way. It's definitely a different mindset, and the more that we push it forward, the better it'll be. So, I thank you, thank you for your insight. So, how can people follow you and find you on social media? So we are
1: LBL Weddings on Instagram and the Planner Life Academy. Those are the two best places to find us. And then my personal one is at Heather Hosh. If you want to see some kitten photos right now while you're trapped at home, (laughs) I can send you this in for show notes too just links to everything. But most of all, we're here to help wedding professionals and specifically planners with anything they might need. So thank you so much for the opportunity to talk wedding costs and clients. I think we need to talk more about it's okay to talk about money.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And all of the show notes, links to LVL and the Academy will be on bridalbusinessbootcamp.com. So Thank you. Thank you for your time and your insight. And congratulations on your podcast. That's so exciting. Yeah, definitely. I think
1: it's one of those things that got added to the goals and to-dos this year. And then obviously this year, it just hasn't gone as planned, right? So things are shifting a little bit, but we look forward to launching it, hopefully either summer or fall. But it's just such an amazing opportunity this that podcasts have created for the wedding industry because I think sometimes small town vendors might feel really removed from the opportunity to learn more, or to speak out. And so I love how many wedding podcasts there are and how many different conversations people are having. I think it's only helping our industry.
0: Totally. I agree with you. Well, thank you, Heather. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Well, there you have it. Another amazing conversation on the Bridal Business Bootcamp Podcast. I hope you're able to gain some insight and to help you grow your business. Please make sure to like, and subscribe to this podcast to help us find more listeners. And don't forget, we now have a new online sales workshop available to help you sharpen your sales skills and book more events. Make sure to visit our website at thebridalbusinessbootcamp.com. I wish you an amazing, busy, and memorable wedding week.